Yep. So if you're now, it's still preparing. Here we go. Setting up the webinar for YouTube live. Uh Oh, now my internet connection went unstable (laughs) and we're live. All right, everybody. Welcome to another week of Divi chat. Let me drop my the link for everybody else on the panel to follow in our chat. Obviously, it's a little bit different. We've got a new format, and we are super excited to be here. And I hope you find us. We're going to figure this out. <laughs> Please be patient. Uh, jump in here, guys. Feel free to. This is a free-for-all, you know, kind of new intro opening and stuff. Uh Pablo says we're early. I feel like we're late. What do you guys think? We're two minutes late, actually. Two minutes late. Uh, yeah. he, pro- he probably means because of daylight saving. I'm sure it's out. Uh, uh, All right. Dave, David's breaking up. <laughs> Is that just me? Let me go start the show. Welcome. Try some new things. We're recording this with Zoom. Go ahead, Jerry. What's that? <laughs> oh, I was just asking if it's only me that's uh, hearing you breaking up really bad. Yeah, your audio is really bad, David. Uh-oh. Well, go ahead and introduce us, Tim. If my audio is breaking up, I got a punt. How's it How's it coming through now? Now it's Nice better. and clear. Good. All right. Yeah. Well, let me start over again. Welcome to the new Divi Chat. <laughs> We're using a new platform. We're going to use Zoom. And I just want you all to know that we are recording this episode, so we're going to throw it on Facebook Live afterwards. We will not be following. We will not be live. We're going to use this live recording to go on Facebook Live. So if you're seeing this on Facebook and, you know, nobody's answering your questions, that's why. But we will answer them if you put them in the comments and stuff, we'll, we'll go back. I'm kind of anal. So I'm, I may actually join in on the live stream and I may be there to answer some questions for you guys. Tonight we're going to talk about GDPR, what that means for people outside of Europe. Uh, and before we define it and stuff, let's go ahead and meet tonight's awesome inaugural zoom live YouTube <laughs> podcast. And I'm going to start with my good friend, Jerry down here. Go ahead, Jerry. Hey, well, good afternoon, everybody. Coming at you from Southern California. And uh, you can find me on MontereyPremier.com as well as FerventSolutions.com. And uh, I'd like to just start off the disclaimers of this show saying I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I'm an ignorant American and the worst kind of ignorant American because I'm from Southern California. So uh, I will share as much as I can, but do your own research and uh, get your own lawyer. Boom. So glad you're here, Jerry. And thank you for having the group disclaimer there. Of course, we're not, <laughs> the rest of us aren't from Southern California, but we may be as ignorant. We're not lawyers. I'm going to go with Corey. <coughs> Corey Jenkins here. Uh, Jerry, I resemble that comment, uh, even though I'm in Arizona now. So I, I don't know if that makes it any better. But uh, Corey Jenkins here, uh, coming at you from beautiful Mile High, Prescott, Arizona. Uh, you can find me on aspengrovestudios.com, db.chat, uh, space, and all the associated social media and that fun stuff. Boom. So glad you're here, Corey. I'm glad we've got some people who know about GDPR personally. Terry. Hi, guys. This is Terry coming to you from uh, not mile high Dallas, Texas, where we have our own laws. So I don't know anything <laughs> about this stuff either, but... I've been reading a little bit about it. It's very interesting, but uh, looking forward to this chat. I work with Superfly and with uh, Aspen Groves a little bit, which I'm really enjoying. And uh, I guess that's about all I got for now. Just look for Mizagorn on Facebook or whatever. You'll find me hanging around somewhere. <laughs> awesome. So glad you're here, Terry. Tim. Hey, everybody. Tim Streifler here from Austin, Texas, and uh, you can find me online at timstreifler.com, divilife.com, and wpthepodcast.com, and of course, divi.chat as well. 
Is that all you got to say, Tim? That's all I have to say. <laughs> I want to get into this G- GDPR stuff. So. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, let me introduce myself first, Tim. I'm David Blackman, Aspen Grove Studios, Divi Space. You can also find me at WP the Podcast, where I co-host with that guy right there. Well, I don't know if he's to the left. Oh, he's over there. Okay. Maybe <laughs> we'll figure this Zoom thing out. He's, he's to your left, I think. <laughs> well, he's to my. Yeah. Yeah, that way. On, on YouTube, um, he's there. <laughs> oh, that's right. I can see it on YouTube. There you are, Tim. Um, so, and you can find me, obviously, on Divi.chat. You're going to see some new things coming. We're super excited about it. We're glad to be here with you tonight. We're going to discuss GDPR, but before we dive off into it, maybe my good friend Tim can give us a definition of, you know, what that stands for and what it means. Yeah, absolutely. So GDPR is General Data Protection Regulation, uh, also known as GDPR because it's a lot shorter than writing out General Data protection regulation, but essentially it's uh, the European Union's new set of laws or policies around how businesses are supposed to deal with the private information of consumers, specifically uh, the citizens of the European Union. Um, And so that has to deal with how companies uh, the, the types of consent they're supposed to get before collecting data. It has to do with um, how companies are supposed to deal with the data breach um, it also has to deal with uh, letting consumers log in and delete their data. So it basically, it has everything to do with consumers' private information. And the goal is to give the power back to the consumer on how their private information is, is dealt with and stored and, and all of that. So um, w- one thing I do want to say, though, is just because it, it is focused around European Union citizens, it really affects the entire Internet uh, because the European Union is saying, no, it's not just for European companies. It's for any company in the world that has a website that has people from the European Union visiting those websites. And so that's why it's such a big deal, because it essentially affects, you know, the majority of websites out there. Um, and so I kind of have my own opinions on how I feel about the European Union trying to, you know, enforce that upon the whole internet. I'll save that for a bit, but that's just kind of a general overview of what the GDPR is and um, what it stands for. Tim, I was listening and chatting in the chat. Can you start over and redefine that for us, please? (laughs) The GDPR. (laughs) I'm just playing with you. Okay, well, obviously the five of us are in the U.S. and there's a lot of, you know, not just U.S. based, but every other country outside of Europe, it's going to affect them. So let's talk about what that means. You know, obviously we've got some concerns. We all capture data, user data on our websites in various forms, even if it's down to just a basic contact form. If you store that contact in your database, you're supposed to follow GDPR compliant, you know, be GDPR compliant. So I don't really have a direction of to, to go with this topic, but, um, you know, if nobody wants to start off, Jerry's lips moved. He's going, go Jerry. Uh, Well, I was going to just start off with, before we even get into like how to respond to it. Um, just kind of curious how you guys all feel about like, does the internet need this law? You know, is it, uh, is it something that's going to help the internet? Is it going to help our customers, our clients, our own businesses? Um, you know, I first heard about it, I like what immediately sprung to mind for me was the cookie policy, the cookie law. And to me, like, I don't know, that just, it seems like way overkill and useless and one extra click I have to make on every website I visit. Um, and that's just my own personal, you know, idea and preference of it. But, um, but I know there's a lot of other views. And so I just want to kind of like throw it out there and see, you know, where do we all stand as far as uh, does the internet need this type of thing? Yeah, my my personal view is that um, we as um, website operators, uh, I I think, have been very lackadaisical at the way that we collect and store people's personal data, um, especially on a dynamic uh, platform like like WordPress that is subject to, you know, to possibly getting hacked and and data breaches. Are are we a little bit too just relaxed at the information we're collecting and, and storing from people. I mean, I, I've heard people who like ask for, for people's credit cards and like a contact form, um, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, so I, I think, I think not only from a, um, 
you know, technical standpoint on WordPress, but also us as website operators, business operators, ethically, it, it, it's, it kind of really does give us a uh, inward look at, at how we're, um, how we're collecting these people's data. Do we need to hang on to all the data that we're hanging on to? And are we being responsible with how we collect and store it? So I, I think in general, um, it, it's, it's, it's a good thing and uh, there's going to be some good that comes out of it. Uh, it, it is uh, obviously kind of a, a pain. And, and I think for, for larger companies, they're even talking about, uh, you know, we, you know, suggesting that larger companies bring on like GDPR, like officers who are, that's their only like mm -hmm. task in a company. So, you know, for, for small to mid-sized companies, it's not going to be as big of a deal, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a, a big change for, for a lot of large uh, internet-based companies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I agree with that. I think, you know, these days when you have companies like Google and Facebook that, you know, they basically have, if you have a Facebook account or in some case, or a Google account, or some cases, even if you don't, they have, you know, insane amounts of data, you know, behavioral data, how you, uh, you know, what, what things you've clicked on, what videos you've watched. And Google even has for Android users, like where they track people's like where they go. Um, yeah. And so you have these big comp US companies that are collecting all that data and, and essentially selling it, you know, it's anonymized and stuff, but it's selling it to advertisers. And as a marketer myself, you know, I don't exactly hate that because it makes advertising, you know, how granular you can get with targeting it makes advertising easier. But as a uh, citizen of the internet of the world, you know, it is kind of alarming. And so I think this is a good step towards, you know, okay, my data, what I do on the internet, shouldn't be, you know, tracked and sold and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I don't know if GDPR, I was trying to f figure out if it really goes in depth with, you know, behavioral type of data. I don't think it necessarily does like what I was talking about with the advertising and stuff. I think it really more pertains to uh, like personal information, like email address, name, contact information, physical address, IP address, stuff like that. I don't know if it ha it goes kind of deep into that, um, you know, what Google and Facebook collect. I think it might actually, because uh, there was some, you know, a lot of information about like Google analytics and that kind of thing. So if you're tying someone's profile to their website behavior, then you have to have consent for that. So it doesn't impact that to some degree. Gotcha. Okay. But from kind of from like a macro view, I collect and I see, okay, I've had this, this many sales from this country. That's not necessarily saying that, you know, this guy, Bob Johnson spent this money, much money on my site. He's from this location. He used this. IP. Oh, I guess we do collect IP addresses in each sale. So exactly. Yeah. Here's, yeah. here's your first zoom pro tip. If you want to talk, you got to unmute the microphone. Um, <laughs> I Have you been talking say, this whole time? No. <laughs> no, but I started to, and then other people started talking, and I'm thinking, <laughs> hear me. Uh, that, that happens I, even on even on the uh, YouTube lives. So. <laughs> yeah. I will um, I, I will weigh in my personal opinion as a product creator, you know, <laughs> or I should say, as a product creator and product seller, you know, uh, I kind of agree with somewhat. Take Tim's line of tract you know it's really great to have all of this data and this information because we can we can target our products to our audience that we want to target you know so for our services and our products if you're a web developer or you sell things like plugins themes or courses or whatever the beautiful thing about the internet is you know as opposed to old school advertising where you took a took a ad out in a newspaper the whole demographics of that newspaper you were paying for that entire audience. Whereas the internet allows you to have the ability to really drill down, get granular with the type of people who are your true potential customers and you're not wasting a lot of time and money. So I actually love that aspect about it. And the way they do that is by what they view, what you read, what you, it's all of the data that they're gathering and stuff. So I feel like they're, needs to be a balance because people's privacy does need to be respected. And I think maybe a simple solution as I'm saying all this is giving, you know, technology is, is pretty awesome. And um, 
I don't know how they would do it, but the simple way is, is give the people the ability to opt in or opt out of whether or not they want their data to be recorded on whatever they do. Yeah. You know, in essence. So. And, and essentially you can make the argument that by using Facebook's free services, by using Google's free services, in a lot of cases, you're opting into, you know, those things. And yes, you can opt out, but you can't, you know, use those free services anymore. I don't know if that's, you know, really what is implied um, or if GDPR is going to change that. So where you can do what you said, where it's like, Hey, I want to, you know, a free Gmail account, or I want a free Facebook account, but I don't want to get advertised to, or have my, you know, information used to be advertised, you know, to me, you know, or whatever. Right. Yeah. The, the, the overlying message in, in GDPR is, um, it's more of a, um, you have to opt in for stuff rather than opt out. So um, when somebody purchases a, a product on your website, you, you, you basically have to, you, you can't just collect their email address and information without letting them know. They have, to opt, they have to opt into it. So you have to have a box and they have to you know, say, yes, I, I, I want to be on your, on your email list. You can contact me, you can store my, my data. <clears throat> um, so that's basically, one of the one of the main overlying things on um, GDPR is that you have to be extremely transparent, and it's more of an opt-in rather than opt-out. Hey, we're going to collect your email address now. Uh, when you get an email from us, if you want to opt-out, then great. According to GDPR uh, language, that's uh, against the the regulations coming out. So, yeah. how's that going to impact people who are outside of Europe who haven't supposed to, you know? who haven't had to deal with this situation and stuff. So um, are they going to have to revamp certain aspects of their entire website to make this? Yeah. GDPR, uh, yeah. GDPR I mean, I, I think, I think if any of us, uh, you know, talk to, talk to a business lawyer about the upcoming GDPR regulations, uh, there is a global expectation under, under GDPR. If, if we're collecting data from somebody in the European union, whether we reside in the EU or not, uh, there's, there's a global expectation that we're going to adhere to these regulations. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly what's so going basic, to So basically, if we're, if we're going to do business over there by allowing European, you know, Europeans, I'm just going to say Europeans, to come to our website, then we have to be willing to abide by the laws that are in Correct. their country, basically. Yeah. And whether we're doing business or not, even if you run a, a blog and you're just collecting right. yeah. email data, yeah. 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 And that's the part I have a problem with. And I came up with a, a cheesy analogy. It's kind of silly, but I think it illustrates the point. It's like when you're a little kid and you want to go play over at your friend's house. And before you get there, your mom says, all right, you know, all right, Tim, you need to listen to Johnny's mom. She's in charge. You got to obey her rules. You know, it's like, okay, great. Like, you know, her house, her rules. I get that. That makes sense. But that's not what's happening here. What's happening is okay, Johnny is coming over to my house to play with me. And his mom is saying, Hey, Tim, you have to obey my rules because Johnny is coming over to your house. It's like, well, no, like my house, my rules, you know, like obviously like, you know, doing business physically in the EU, but it's like, if they're coming to my website, you know, they should play by, you know, the policies I have on my website, the policies, you know, put forth by the, you know, the country that my business is registered in. Um, I don't know. So that, that's kind of how I feel. I don't necessarily disagree with the, I guess, the intention of GDPR, but I disagree with the fact that they can, or they're trying to enforce it on all businesses that are, you know, have Europeans coming to their website. Um, so, yeah, I mean, basically they can't really enforce it without the U.S. helping them. I kind of read a little bit up on that. Um, they, they supposedly like violations can it potentially be uh, four million dollars or four million euros, or up to four percent of, or was it? I'm getting those numbers wrong, but it's a huge amount of money. It's twenty million euros, twenty million, or four percent of your gross profit annually, whichever is greater. So, so yeah, <laughs> so, minimum twenty million euros. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I, I think I think the monetary that's fine. the fine. That's the fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the monetary fines will be a little bit harder to enforce, but uh, 
you know, I, I even read somewhere that, that there's a possibility, you know, um, if you're a repeat offender, you know, the EU has the ability to actually block your website. So, um, you know, Joe's Acme plumbing supplies, he's selling overseas, he's not adhering, he, you know, repeatedly is, is violating the GDPR. Um, you know, there, there's a chance that they could, they could block your website from, from the EU. Um, this is nothing new to, to people in, you know, uh, listening, you know, in China and, and some other countries who have extremely regu regulated uh, internet and strict laws. But um, yeah, you know, I, I, I did read, you know, in effect, GDPR becomes a global standard for, for data protection. So it's probably eventually going to kind of, you know, filter out globally to where the U.S. is adopting these laws for even uh, domestic sales and data collection. So um, we'll see what happens. Interesting times. Mr. Terry Hale, you want to jump in on this? <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I was trying to gather my train of thought here. Don't, don't feel like uh, you have to, if you don't want to, I'm just having fun. Oh no, I've, I've got some things to say. You, you know me. <laughs> uh, this over the years since the internet's been around and actually before that, if you think back to the, uh, being put on a do not call list and things like that. Uh, I can see where there are going to have to eventually, if not already, be a lot of uh, like a business lawyer or a, a group of specialists that'll come in for larger websites. Uh, we went through that like, well, if we take the Y2K thing as an example, nobody knew what to do with it. So you had to have specialists come in we spent months working on that. And then in the early 2000s, we had what might be the precursor to the uh, to this regulation in which that we had the Can Spam Act, which means that every email must have an unsubscribe link on it. Um, I'm kind of in the middle also with, I really like being able to target my product audience, but then at the same time, it's just exactly like Tim was saying, you know, there's, there's pros and cons. Uh, I think from a personal standpoint, I like the idea that you are informed that your data is being stored. Uh, with this regulation, you have the right to be forgotten, which means if you ask, you can ask the uh, whoever is containing this information to remove it, even if you had previously opted in. If you don't like who's storing your information, you can have them remove it and you can give that information to someone else. Uh, you can object to the way that they're storing it. You can request at any time to change that information. There's a lot of uh, in other words, you own your own information. And we've talked about IP addresses, email addresses, names, but it gets into the race and uh, ethnicity and, and all kinds of stuff that we, I think Google and Facebook are kind of just slowly, insidiously accumulating. If this is, if like what Google does right now had started from day one, it wouldn't have happened. It's just a gradual, uh, throwing the frog in the cold water and bringing it into a boil instead of throwing him in the boiling water to start off with. So it's going to be a lot of work for businesses in the U.S. to get up to speed with compliance with this regulation. Uh, I think it's good for people, but it's, it's bad for business. Yeah. So I don't know where the middle ground there is. I've, I have a question related to that. Does anyone know this kind of goes along with the whole Facebook and Google thing? You have the right to be forgotten. You have the right to change your information. I assume that means you have the right to know what information they have. So for example, like what information does Facebook have on me? You know, like that would be that I, I could see how thing, yeah, everything. everything exactly, you know, and you know, Google, for example, like what information do they have on their users? Like, you know, tracking information, you know, they know uh, where I took my walk yesterday yeah, and yeah. freaked me out. I said, Hey, were you here today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Part of it's it is like information. I am a guy. 
um, yeah. information portability. So they, they, you need to have the ability to port out that information that you do have collected on the person to them in in a legible um, format, basically, if requested. Yeah, I will say, Terry, you brought up some really good points. So I'm going to pose just, I'm going to be devil's advocate, and I'm going to pose a couple of questions and stuff, because Terry said some things, and everybody said some things. Uh, and I know how I feel about it personally and stuff. Um, I feel like, honestly, they're spying on us, whether we're giving them permission or not. Those people have all that information, whether it's the governments or big business that makes hundreds of billions of dollars a year or whatever it is, they've got it already. Okay. Me as a end user, what does that mean for me? I think about, and this is what Terry brought up for me. I personally want to see content that I care about that I want to see. So in some ways I'm really glad that, you know, they, I get a lot of RV stuff showing up in my Facebook feed and WordPress stuff showing up in my Facebook feed because those are my interests. And the way that they're populating all of this data, whether I'm on Google or wherever, is they're gathering information on me as a user. So let me pose the question. How do you guys feel about, you know, I personally enjoy that aspect of it. I thought of that yeah. same thing, David. I, I like that I see what I like in my feeds and everything else. Uh, but it's still a little freaky. It's fr it is freaky. They know <laughs> where everywhere you've been, they know where you shop, they know they know everything. As yeah. As far as Google goes, like Tim brought up earlier, there are always alternatives if you're kind of a conspiracy theorist or something like that <laughs> there are alternatives like instead of using google you can use DuckDuckGo. yep and that way it's it's totally just based on keywords there's no storage i mean i think ultimately there's it, it goes back to they're always going to store your data no matter what you do just like david was saying but if you are really concerned about taking your own steps towards privacy, there are other alternatives. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, David, and, and you too, Terry, about the advertising. Like advertising is going to be a part of our world regardless of, you know, all the data and all the algorithms and stuff. It has been, you know, since products have been sold, there's been advertising. I would rather see advertising that pertains to me than seeing a ton of advertising for, you know, crap I don't care about. Um, however, I see with the whole, you know, uh, what is it? The right to be forgotten. And, you know, basically if you could determine, okay, you know what? I don't want Facebook having this or knowing this, that would be great. For example, I'm, I've been seeing a ton of ads on Facebook for the different mattress companies. I am not in the market for a mattress. I accidentally clicked on an ad once. And so then I started seeing ads from all the competitors too. I don't need a mattress right now. I'm sick of those ads. It would be great if I could be like, you know what, Facebook? I'm not in the market for a mattress. Like, you know, opt you can, out. But it doesn't work. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, exactly. My 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 point, my question to Tim, well, you as you were saying that, or at least what was in my brain was like, okay, we have the do not call list. I can go opt in for the do not call list, but guess what? I still get calls all the time, no matter that I'm on the do not call list. So Obviously, it's not a perfect system. And when you got seven plus billion people on the planet, that's going to be very difficult well, to I, manage. You know? What you just said, David, that's a problem with there's no such thing as 100% compliance of any regulation. Right. Yeah. Especially when say it comes to money. Yeah. No, I, 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 can't, I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll jump in. See? So we, go ahead, Jerry. I'll just make I a would, joke. What I was thinking about when Tim was talking and the mattress ads, I was thinking, man, Divi overlays. I already bought the ultimate lifetime membership to that. And I still see that every day, like five times a day. So I yeah. wish I could opt out of that. Yeah. You can email Tim and ask him to remove you. Facebook for that one. Uh, okay. Every time I'm on a mattress website, I see a Divi overlays ad. For me, uh, as a, uh, as an individual, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who I'm going to opt into everything. So I, you know, I do, I appreciate, you know, I'd rather see ads. I'd rather see content that's relevant to me. I have no problem with, 
you know, I, I resolved a long time ago, I just determined that, hey, anything you do online, it's public, you know, so there's no like secret, you know, <laughs> it's all public. And, and so for me personally, like that's just how I approach the internet as a whole. Um, but I do understand that that's no excuse for on the other side, people who have access to that data to just do whatever they want. And so I do appreciate GDPR more now that I've looked into it a little bit and I, I kind of understand a little bit better and I think, okay, I can understand where they're coming from. I don't know if it's going to be implemented well and all of that, but the general concept behind it, I like it. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that, that often we forget about in talking about all of these things is like your internet service provider has more data than all of those companies that you access on you. You know, they have all of your data, all IP addresses you visit, you know, everything. And so uh, they do with that stuff, you know, whatever they want. You know, there was Verizon um, collecting cellular browsing data and selling it to advertisers without people's permission, you know, a couple years back. And so for those kinds of things, you know, to, to have the option to opt in as opposed to, you know, well, if you really want to and you want to dig through our website and find this little fine print link to unsubscribe, you can. But otherwise, you know, we're just including your data. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that aspect of this a lot. You mean to tell me private browsing really isn't private, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's maybe private from the person who comes and sits on your computer after you. But uh, that's about it. Yeah. That's where you get your good VPN that doesn't store anything. Yeah, and I appreciate the GDPR in terms of like, okay, immediate breach response, you know, so you get hacked, you need to let everyone know. Like, I appreciate those types of things in the general concept. I just don't necessarily like, like all the hoops you have to jump through for all the consent. Because like you were saying, Jerry, you're browsing the internet, like it's kind of implied, you browse at your own risk, you insert data at your own risk. Obviously, you know, you do want the companies that you're putting your email address in not to sell it or not to distribute it, or whatever. Um, but I, I feel like it's kind of, you know, browse at your own risk mentality. Um, so I, I don't like all the additional hoops because it's kind of like for most people, it's like, yeah, duh, like I get that. Like I know I'm, what I'm consenting to. Man, I didn't yeah. realize this topic was going to be so passionate. Core the free. <laughs> Hold that thought. Don't lose it because I was going to make a, a statement on your last forgetting something. Okay. We at Aspen Grove Studios forget your data. So it's safe to come on over to our site and, <laughs> and browse and stuff. <laughs> Go ahead, Corey. Yeah, I, I can't remember anyways. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I think 98% of people are probably in the, in the thinking that we are and, and they, they don't mind their, their, uh, you know, personal information and data being used in a, in a positive way. Uh, proactive way, um, you know, with Facebook ads and personalized uh, shopping experiences and, and stuff like that. And GDPR is, isn't necessarily, you know, saying you, you can't do it. it. It's just saying you have to be more transparent um, in the way that you do it, which, which I guess would be kind of a good good segue into how do you become GDPR or, uh, compliant as a website operator. Go ahead, Corey. Uh, Keep us going. All right. I will hop right on that segue. <laughs> wait we're writing segues <laughs> i never have i'd actually like to unless i had to fill out my personal information to write it uh, so um so i i i'm, I'm kind of going off you know some research I, i'm not like a uh world leading expert in gdpr or anything but I, i've been researching the past uh you know a couple days or so uh here and there um so i'm gonna go over a, a couple of points about you know about how to become gdpr compliant um be upfront and concise about uh, what data is stored, sent, and used um, on your site. So this would be done in, in terms of a, you know, like a privacy uh, statement on, on your website. This isn't to be confused with the uh, European Union cookie law, which, you know, you, you go to those sites and they have a little cookie pop up. This, this is a completely different um, law, is, is GDPR. Uh, give the user a chance to consent automatically um, before opting them in. So... Uh, so basically like we were talking about, when you make a purchase before we say, we're going to, we're going to store your personal data, we're going to store your email address. You have to give them the chance to, to opt in. There has to be a little checkbox and it says I consent and, and they have to check that. If, if they don't want to check it, you, you can make it to where hey, you can't make, you can't make the purchase because I'm using this program and, and I'm not storing your data. Um, I, I, I have a I think I have a question for you. Can we, can we, before you list them all, 
Um, (laughs) um, So you say they have to check the box. Yeah. Can you have the box checked and they have to uncheck it? No, they have to check it. It has to be opt in. That's opt out. So on that, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, David. No, go ahead. So on that note, on the same subject of the checkout, for example, with the checkbox right now, I already have that. And it says, you know, by purchasing products, I, you know, I agree to the terms of service and they have to physically check. It's not pre-checked. Can that also include what you're talking about? Can it be terms of service and, you know, uh, privacy policy, you know, data collection, you know, whatever you want to call it. Can it be grouped together like that? I, I, I think it, I think it has to allude to it from what I've read and then it can be expanded upon in your, in your terms of service. Um, you know, I agree to your terms of service, including, um, data collection, uh, you know, I, and, and this is all, like we said, we're not, we're not lawyers. You guys are going to need to research this yourselves. If you do have a lawyer for your, for your business, we suggest reaching out to them. Um, but I, I'm, I'm just going over a couple of, couple of points I've kind of made from reading, uh, multiple articles over the, over the next couple of days or next over the last couple of days. Sorry. Um, so I, th- I think a really good point that, that, uh, one person makes collect the least amount of data possible when, when, um, you're getting data from people. I mean, if, if we're running a WordPress website and we're selling plugins, we don't need to know your, uh, we, I don't need to know your age. I don't need to know your gender. Um, Address. you know, yeah, there, there's a lot of information that you don't know. You know, if you're selling physical goods, of course, we're, we're getting, um, you know, shipping information and stuff, but just, don't, don't get overly complex on your contact forms or, uh, you know, on your, um, you know, data that you collect in the sales process. Um, Which you don't really want a lot of extra stuff too, in terms of conversion, you know, you want that checkout as simple as possible, you know, to have a higher conversion rate. So it's kind of a win-win in that case. I'm going to jump in here real quick, Corey, because I know you're reading articles and stuff and everybody's kind of read different and we've sourced several different articles. Mm -hmm. If you all will, keep those and don't close your browsers after we close. I'm going to let the audience know that we're going to try to put these things in our show notes yeah. to show you the articles that we've read and did research on and stuff. So sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I, I've, I've got a lot of them um, notated here. Um, so, so even if you're using a, a third party plugin, like, like uh, let's say for example, gravity forms, and I'm, sh- I'm sure that they're, I, I know that they're working on GDPR compliance with, with wordpress.org actually. Um, it is actually your responsibility to make sure that you're still adhering to GDPR compliance. So you can't go, Oh, well, it was gravity forms that collected that data. Um, gravity forms at the moment does. Yes. It stores people's personal information. Um, there there's a plugin for gravity forms that you can put on that will make it, you know, to where you're not storing their information on your website and the GDPR GDPR lingo isn't that you can't really store it, but it's more complex if you do. So you have to give people a way to access that information to delete it um, you know, to port it over to them. Um, so, so start with like a privacy first kind of, uh, approach to your, to your website of, okay, I'm going to make this as simple as possible for myself. I'm going to collect, uh, the minimal amount of, of data that I need to operate my business. And then it's just going to make your, your life easier, um, from there to comply with GDPR. Okay. I have a question. Pixeling. Obviously that's, you're gathering data on users that come to your site. Um, so that you can retarget them and advertise to them later. There's no, do you have to put it on your homepage up above or is in the privacy policy sufficient? Hey, we're pixeling you. We're tracking everything that you're doing. You know, (laughs) we're going to sell to you later and go ahead. That's a good question because technically it's not linked to an identifiable piece of information. It's not like, you know, that pixel is associated with, you know, this person's IP address or this person's name, email. We don't have that data. Facebook does, you know, that's kind of on their end. I think, um, I think, you know, in terms of like, you know, making sure you're hundred percent fully compliant and not at risk of, you know, violating like, yeah, it should probably be in there in a privacy saying, yes, you know, we have a Facebook pixel, we have Google analytics and those are measuring what you do on our site, but it's not associated to, you as a person or your email or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I, I personally, I think that kind of falls more on Facebook's into things because they do actually know that person and, you know, their email, their Facebook account and all the, you know, history that goes with it. 
Yeah, Facebook actually has some information about that, um, which I don't have right in front of me, so I can't just read it off. But what I did grab when I was looking at their information was, so a lot of it does fall on them and they have some responsibility, um, but then they also mentioned some other specific examples. So uh, for those of you familiar with like Facebook advertising, if you do a custom audience based on your pixel data or based on like the email address that you're uploading, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, custom audiences, uh, measurements, analytics, um, those types of things. Like you, there is some responsibility on the website owner or operator uh, because you're giving them data. It's not just them collecting data. How yeah, long so has that, GDPR been? Sorry, Tim. How long has GDPR been in in effect in Europe? Does anyone know? It's not in effect yet. It comes in effect May 25th, I think. May 24th or 25th. Yeah, but I okay. think a law passed two years ago. April gotcha. 2016. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, Tim. Well, I was just going to say, based off of what you just said, Jerry, in that, you know, there is some responsibility on the site owner, you know, to uh, make sure that, you know, transparency, that Facebook Pixel, Google Analytics, whatever. So in a lot of cases, that happens the second they land on your site, you know, that Pixel fires that Google yep. analytics tracks as soon as they go onto ferventsolutions.com, for example. So like in that Thanks case, for the shout out. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do self-promotion in that. In that instance, so. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like, you know, do you have to have something, you know, crazy software that will block any pixels from firing until they check that checkbox saying, yes, I agree. Like, you know, how granular does this need to be? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have the answer for that. But I think that it is going to have to be an opt-in. So before you can use their data to connect it to Facebook to remarket, um, then you're going to have to have some some consent. Uh, so so, so it might, might be a good idea to put a one of those cookie type uh, you know, plugins or pop-ups on, on your site. I'm just going to have a big checkbox. I'm going to use Divi overlays and put a checkbox over my whole site. Boom. You can do that. <laughs> you and can't actually... access anything until you agree to everything that I want. <laughs> I will self-promote now. I actually had someone ask about that for Divi bars and Divi overlays if we were going to be coming out with GDPR templates. And the answer is yes. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. But even then though, technically, even with a, a pop-up that fires right when they land on their site, technically that pixel and that um, you know, Google analytics is already doing the tracking. Um, and there's not a way to like delete, you know, from a pixel if they opt out, you know? So like, if they're going to get like that technical, uh, with those types of things and, you know, there's major software that has to be developed. Well, yeah, you yeah. can do that in code level though. I mean, you could, you could change the, the JavaScript so that it has to have, you know, the form of consent before, before it, it does starts anything. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. I, I honestly think that it's going to be on the um, platform level like Facebook, Google. They're going to have to do it on their end as far as software development. And I can't imagine that it's going to be at the end users level because majority of websites out there aren't developers. They don't know how, how, to, how to come up or, you know, a lot of it's hobbies, you know, so they don't have money to pay for expensive software that's going to block this stuff. I would imagine that it's going to have to be on Facebook to, you know, implement some type of system to where maybe it doesn't fire immediately until they tick this box, you know, for the Facebook pixel. And I'm just being, you know, I'm just making shit up right now, but. That um, sounds good to me, man. Yeah. A, a Facebook consent form. Anytime the yeah. Facebook pixel is about to fire, they have their own little pop-up on a site. That sounds <laughs> That'll be terrible. awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Run that through your speed test. Yeah, and you can you can share that to your timeline also. Hey, I just <laughs> authorize yeah Facebook on ferventsolutions.com. <laughs> Go visit, you can do it too. Yeah. Pablo has an idea for Tim. What is it, Pablo? He can hear us. He watches us. See every week he comes. We'll give Pablo a shout out, you know. Uh Daryl Wilson saying first episode, you're not wearing a LSU hat. Man, this is like the hundredth episode I've gone with. <laughs> he's, he's realized America. Daryl, Daryl, you don't watch enough. Come back every week, dang it! It's been a while since I've given up the LSU hat. How are you doing, my friend? Glad you're joining us. What else? So we've covered a lot of stuff with GDPR. 
Yeah, there's there's a ton of like 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 David was saying, a ton of resources out there, <clears throat> and there's you know there's even some uh, WordPress has come out with a uh, a plugin for GDPR compliance, and right now it's it's working with like uh, Gravity Forms, uh, uh, Contact Form Seven, a few of the other really big. Um, Do you uh, know what it does? By well, chance, I, you you can look it up and, and see. It's it's not immediately apparent. I haven't had a chance to install it on a site, but it, it walks you through a number of of steps and and checking to make sure that you've taken the the proper measures for GDPR compliance. Um, I, I know you know automatic uh, and you know automatic slash WordPress um, dot com WordPress dot org are are working um, uh, you know uh, expeditiously to to meet GDPR compliance. Um, so, but yeah, it, it, once you start kind of digging into it and you start going further down the rabbit hole, this is, this is a big deal, even in the, mm-hmm. even in the United States uh, for WordPress and, and other large internet-based companies. So um, on, on that note, you know, obviously this is Divi chat. I wonder what Elegant Themes is doing. You know, Divi has a contact form module. Divi has an opt-in mm-hmm. form module. I wonder if they're going to, you know, make changes to those modules to where you can turn on a GDPR, you know, consent checkbox, yeah. something well, like that. Like their content form uh, module doesn't collect your data. It just, it sends it to your, to your email. I, I, I don't know how it goes from, from that point, but your website actually isn't collecting and storing the data. It's, it's an email contact. Now from there being stored in your uh, email client, Gmail, whatever it might be is a whole different story. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like Caldera, when you have the the entries saved or gravity forms, when it saves it to a database, that's when it becomes a a compliance issue. If it just sends email, it's not an issue. Yeah. And, and the, and the standard uh, that I've been saying is, is just, it's easier to just not collect it. But if you do, then you have to have these measures that, you know, you can port the information over it's deleted if the person requests. Mm. Um, But yeah, Yeah. you know, like gravity forms, it's, it's awesome that you can store the information there because uh, you know, sometimes you can go back through, you can, you can search, maybe you deleted something from your email. I, I personally like having that. Um, but it's, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's going to be your own personal decision on, on how you choose to comply. So. Yeah. A, a whole nother topic too is, is things like, like, for example, the opt-in form, you know, you're not storing the data. It's going to MailChimp convert, you know, all the different email marketing platforms. Technically, you're still in charge of that. Even though MailChimp is storing it for you, it's still data that you've collected and you're responsible for, essentially. Um, so that opens up a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> I will be devil's advocate. I'm a user. You've collected my data. I want you to delete it. And I'm sitting over there. I'm Mr. Website owner doing a hobby. And I'm like, I deleted it. <laughs> Who's going to know, you know, know, is there, is there the GDPR police going to come out and well, uh, let's let's say if they ask to be removed, like, you know, from, from your uh, mailing list, which they already can do and and unsubscribe. If they email you and ask that you remove them, you have, you have to remove them. Right. So if, if, I guess if they receive another notification or email from you, from that list, like I don't know if they can report you or, or what the protocol is, but I'd imagine. Yeah, it's easy enough, even with the emails. So we unsubscribe. We if somebody unsubscribes, we uns- they unsubscribe. That's no problem. I'm talking yeah. about the user data that's stored in the database, not in the email subscription list. User data. There's tables. The data WordPress database has tables. It's got a user table and it's got their information in it. I'm Joe. I want you to remove my stuff from your website. I did it. Yeah. Who's going to know? Nobody. How are they going to find out? They will get a call from a data protection officer who's. <laughs> yeah. well, here's another thing, too, though. Supervisory authority. Like, for example, e commerce. Um, yeah. Uh, if you're using Stripe or PayPal and, and you're not, um, you know, actually storing credit card information, you're still collecting their IP address, their contact information, email, all that, and say they want that removed. Well, that's, you know, that's accounting data, right? Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to delete data that, that shows a record of what someone purchased from my site. Right. Like, cause then later they'll be like, Oh, Hey, uh, 
I never purchased this, you know, uh, charge back, you know, I'm calling my bank to get a charge back and oh, I don't have a record of that. So I can't show that you did purchase, it. <laughs> you know, I deleted it at your request. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems silly for stuff. Yeah, like and, that. And, and David, to your point, one of the other uh, things of GDPR is you have to provide a way for users to delete their own data. Uh, Holy crap. So, so it's not just requests they can request, but uh, provide a way for users to download or access their data and, and remove it. We'll just give them a checkbox. Yeah. <laughs> just click this box and you've got it done. <laughs> Send the GDPR police after me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm making of what could be a, it. No, it is a, that is a valid question, though. Because... Well, David could be so cavalier because he doesn't actually have a physical address, and he's always on the run. Anyways, I know. So... I've got the, I've got the uh, Interpol uh, breaking in through my window, like, shooting my dog, and David's out in his RV. Like, yeah. I mean, that's a valid question, though, because yeah, they say up to you know twenty million euros if you violate or you know four percent of annual revenue, but how are they going to monitor it? For the little companies that, yeah, obviously the Facebook and Google's of the world, the big corporations, yeah, they, you know, need to spend millions of dollars to make sure they get this right. But for the average website, like, what are the chances you're ever going to get, you know, a, a notice, like probably something that I'm not suggesting, you know, go break all the rules and don't listen to it. But um, the reality is, is like, they're not going to, they're not big enough to enforce that. Yeah, I would imagine that if they do put some type of entity together that that monitors it which i'm assuming they do they will have at some point it could be similar to something like the irs in the u.s where you're randomly they could randomly audit people you know where if they have customer data that has they have a master list that says joe smith was supposed all data was supposed to be removed from your business and they come in and they audit you and joe smith's data is in there possibly maybe I don't yeah. know. I mean, if that's how the European Union wants to spend their money, that's like, you know, multi-billion dollar operation right there. <laughs> With the IRS, you know, it's to recover taxes. So there's money. Right. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm just using it as an example because not every, even the IRS doesn't even have the ability to audit everybody. Mm-hmm. They randomly do it because they just don't have enough officers right. and stuff. You know. Oh yeah. From my accountant, I've heard stories of people that he's dealt with that haven't filed in like five years or something like that. And like the IRS had never caught up to them just because they don't have the bandwidth. Right. It's not really relevant we're, to this conversation. But... That's good to know. Uh, though. I'm uh, <laughs> I am uh, surprised that we're, you know, 53 minutes into the episode and we've felt like we could talk for another hour. But I'm going to say that it's time to do some parting thoughts. First of all, let me say it's been awesome having you all here for the first Zoom inaugural Divi Chat episode. Let us know what you think in the comments. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, You know, if you like this new format and stuff. We've already gotten quite a few in the live chat that have said, love it great, much better. So I think we're moving in the right direction. So why don't we go ahead and do some parting thoughts and I'm going to start up here with Tim. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my parting thought is uh, do your research, do your homework. Every business is a little bit different. Um, In my research preparing for, for this episode, a lot of the articles were pretty vague and, and don't give, you know, a lot of specific information on like, okay, I, I have an opt-in form. That's all I have. What should I do? Um, so I'm hoping that more information kind of comes out, you know, as we get closer to May 25th, which is just right around the corner. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's probably my final thought is, is do your homework. Um, it's not the end of the world. Don't overreact. Um, you know, there's a lot of like crazy hype about GDPR and it is a big deal. Obviously like we spent the last hour talking about, but um, it's, yeah, it's not the end of the internet. Awesome. Boom. Terry. Well, uh, yeah, pretty much what Tim said. Uh, Something I meant to mention earlier was that we can thank people like Edward Snowden for regulation like this because personal data is a concern and it's a concern about how others use it. 
I think it's a nat natural progression as we were talking about earlier in the show. And it's just, it's here, instead of complaining about it, we just need to figure out the best way to handle it. And uh, as far as information, start with small chunks. Like I've been reading this Quora article, it gives very simple general overviews for each aspect. And then if you feel like something applies to you, you can do like what was said about getting into more specific details with further research or just contact your lawyer and uh, let them know what your concerns are. I guess that's it. Awesome. Thanks, Terry. Uh, Jerry. Yeah. Uh, so my final thought, I guess, would be, um, I would say to help you kind of research, like, like Tim was saying, there is a lot of very vague, you know, it's like, by the time I got to my like 20th article, it's like, okay, I've, I've read the definition of what it is. I know what it is. I know that it exists. I know when it's coming, you know, so it, it can be hard to kind of get some accurate, like actual actionable uh, you know, things to do. But so what I started to do was just look at some of my sites and start to look at the specific functions, plugins, and those kinds of things. And so I'll just run through a couple of these real quick. So like Caldera Forms, if you're storing entries, um, they have a note on their site saying they understand that it's coming, they're getting ready for it, but it's not ready yet. But you know, at least you have something there and you can kind of start to, to look at that. Um, for EDD, Easy Digital Downloads, um, they're looking at probably doing like a free add-on to help make an EDD store compliant. Um, and so there's going to be that coming. It's not available yet, but they're working on it. And at least you kind of know. Uh, WooCommerce, same thing. They have, it's in the works, <laughs> you know, it's coming. Uh, one of the ones that I found interesting was like live chat. So if you have live chat on your site, um, like we were talking about with the pixel, like that starts tracking automatically, you know, as soon as you hit the site. Um, and so there's some steps you got to take and not every live chat option is ready yet. Um, but basically you have to have like a, a pre-chat checkbox, you know, to say, I agree, you can use my data this way and then begin the chat kind of thing. So uh, those kinds of things, if you just look at more specific of what you're doing as opposed to the general concept, it'll help you kind of narrow down, you know, your own actionable items that, that need to be taken care of. Awesome. Corey. Um, I, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read a quote that I, I um, came across and kind of expand upon it. Um, on top of one thing else, uh, this is from Jeff Ch uh, Chandler at WP Tavern. Uh, he said, it's important to keep in mind that at the heart of GDPR are common sense behaviors for handling personal data. So kind of like I was talking about earlier, this is <clears throat> as much as, it's going to be a pain. We can complain about it. I, I think it's a, it's a, it's just a really good thing for a lot of website operators to kind of look and say, is this really necessary? How am I handling this information? Am I being responsible with the way that I'm collecting and storing it? Um, so I, I think I think it's going to be a positive thing. Um, secondly, you're not in this alone. Uh, there's all kinds of articles, uh, just you know, all kinds of groups. I'm sure you guys will discover stuff that I'm not even uh, coming across. Uh, WordPress.org um, on their on their Slack channel, uh, they do have a uh, they actually have a, a a channel dedicated to GDPR compliance. So WordPress.slack.com and then they have a GD, GDPR compliance channel. Go check it out. You're not alone. Ask questions. Don't be afraid. Just just kind of start thinking and moving forward with it. So. Wow, you guys all had some awesome parting thoughts. I haven't even thought about a parting thought. Um, Y'all have said a lot. Great, great, great job, guys. I think I'm going to use my time for parting thoughts to tell you a little bit about what we're doing and how we're, you know, how we're going to be operating again in case you missed the beginning of it and you were super excited to see us in a different format. We are making some changes to Divi Chat. We will be GDPR compliant, by golly. Uh, <laughs> We like, had to check a box to even start this thing. That's right. We had to check a box. Uh, we're going to do some formatting. We're going to start streaming this recording to Facebook uh, live. Don't know if it'll start tonight, but it will start within the next few weeks. So, you know, if you want to catch us on Facebook or YouTube from now on, you'll be able to. I know that's where a lot of people reside and stuff. So, and a few of us will be monitoring uh, on Facebook too to answer questions in, in real time, even though the recording won't be live. 
That's correct. And we've got some really awesome, exciting guests lined up that I'm super pumped about uh, that are going to come on. I'm not going to tell you who, uh, because even though some of them are confirmed, we're just not going to tell you who yet. So it's, it's going to be around some great topics. I know we got one, for example, that's coming up that has to deal with Facebook ads, which is really, really, really big and important. And if you're wanting to, you know, sell products or services through Facebook, which is smart, you may want to pay attention to that one and stuff. Um, so thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks our host for joining us tonight. And uh, I don't know how to end this thing yet. So if I do it improperly, you know, hey. Everybody just wave until it stops. <laughs> just wave until it stops. That's right. David, do we want to mention the, the time thing? Not yet. We are going to be making a time. Let's go ahead and do it, Tim. That's a good idea. Uh, starting on April the 3rd, which is next month in about three weeks, we're going to do a time change so that we can have more, you know, guest hosts on and stuff. So it's not right during dinner hour. Um, we're going to go back and start an hour and a half earlier than we normally start. So normally we start 630 Eastern, 330 Pacific. We're going to start starting, start starting, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Now, that's U.S. time. I know we have a lot of international viewers and stuff. I don't have my world clock up, so I couldn't really tell you. But I bet you next week Tim's going to have the top cities around the world, what time TV chat will be starting, right? <laughs> I guess I will now. Yeah. Now, now you'll have to. Yeah. And maybe we'll even put it on the website and the show notes and which actually might not be a bad idea yeah. since we have viewers from all over the world, you know, here's what time we start in Rome. Here's what time we start in, you know, every time, wherever. zone. every time, Abos. every major time zone. Yeah. Bora, Bora. That's a great idea. All right. Well, I think that's it from us, guys. Let's start our our wave until I figure out how to 